Alrighty, we are live. And this is the Cousin Soccer Podcast. Hell yeah. You're the cousins. I'm Clark. No, that is Hector. We're fans of uh, all things soccer and specifically Atlanta United, MLS. I'm a Manchester United fan. Um, he's a Spurs fan. We're going to be going over some fun stuff like uh, EPL, UCL, MLS is back, MLS, and maybe even see if we want to talk about Liga MX at all, you know, we'll see what we got time for. So I'm going to start by uh, cracking a cold one. I don't know. Yo, I got you. mine right here too. Oh, so. hey, ooh, that's a fancy. What do you have tonight? Uh, I'm going with a, a Scofflaw Pog Basement. So. Oh, nice. Uh, the... Uh... Dr. Robot. Oh. Key lime Girl, sour. Okay. I'll probably hate it because I don't even like sours, but. Yeah, I got a, got a yeah. big one. That's a tall boy. Quick dink. Yeah, a dink. There we go. <sighs> but yeah, uh, like Clark said, we both just, uh, during the pandemic, I guess, like everyone else, have been really bored. So we figured, <laughs> why not? We talk about soccer enough in our group chat. We may as well bring it to audio form, too. Um, and like you mentioned, I'm a, we're both United, Atlanta United fans. I root for Spurs in the Premier League. Uh, and the team that I actually grew up rooting for the most is Monterey from Liga MX. So we'll probably have some stuff to say about, about that at the end, too. Uh, but I guess for now, you want to go ahead and just jump into the Atlanta stuff? Yeah, of course. So uh, I know before this, I, we both probably had something written up about how the team was playing and uh you know everything like what can frank DeBoer do to change it but it kind of makes things a little different now they kind of threw you know something in there changing it up by letting him go or they mutually agreed yeah. to part ways <laughs> so he uh is no longer with the team and i mean i think it was probably pretty good timing you know we have more than enough time to reintroduce a philosophy into the team right now get him interesting to watch again yeah, I was, uh, I mean, I think whenever the news uh, happened, I was taken by surprise just because I figured they were going to give him a little more time. Mm -hmm. uh, but like you said, I think, you know, unfortunately, the fact that the team got knocked out so early could end up being best for the long term if it means that whoever they bring in uh, can kind of like revitalize the squad in these next few weeks that they have more or less off. Mm hmm. I mean, he, he had them playing, and it just seemed like a style that went against everything uh, that, you know, all the players kind of wanted. You know, you had, I don't know, it, it's just a weird formation. The 3-4-3, three, three, it was obviously worked for parts of last season, and then when it didn't, he got pressured into switching into his, what, a 4-4-2 four, four, of sorts, and that we started, you know, kicking ass. But, you know, you had... I think he was so stubborn with this thing. He had leaders of the team calling him out, like LGP, for example, saying, you know, this is a direct quote, saying, you know, things have changed the way the club is played in the game. We don't like it. Like, he said that <laughs> publicly. Yeah, that's that's things that, you know, you might hear a rumor about, oh, there's unrest in the locker room or something. But that was just a straight up, like, we are not enjoying the football we're playing. Uh, you don't really see that normally, especially in a league like MLS, where everything's kind of more quiet in that sense. But they came out and just ripped him publicly, which, you know. Yeah, I mean, he got Barco good, as well. Bad. Yeah, exactly. That was it was pretty absolutely insane. I've I was so surprised to actually hear that because it's just, you know, I don't think you would have ever heard. Maybe Lorenowitz or uh, Parkhurst say something like that, but I could see you know LGP getting a little upset. And, you know, being yeah, a little more wild I, I think way. ultimately, uh, you know, like you touched on the, the actual play style, the frustrating formations that the players didn't like. I think once that started creeping into the locker room, I think at, even if they had been successful under him, it was kind of starting to seem like it wasn't going to be a long term connecting with DeBoer just because 
there was too many players that clashed with his personality and all that. And, you know, I've, I've always tried to give him some credit for some of the things he's done. Uh, Cause at the end of the day, you know, they won the uh, open cup last year. They mm-hmm. became the first MLS team to uh, win Campeones cup. Uh, so he, he, and they were, they made it to the semi, I mean, the conference finals, essentially the semifinal of the playoffs and, you know, lost by a goal, a late goal too. Um, they were just a step away from the final again. So I I've tried to give him credit with, with some of that stuff, but ultimately, you know, if you're, if you're causing, I mean, not necessarily that he was the sole cause, but if you're having that much trouble controlling your entire team, even if you're getting results, there's probably ultimately going to be a a tipping point there where it's going to spill out into public and it's going to eventually reflect in the results, which unfortunately for, Atlanta United happened in Orlando. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, that wasn't the most it, interesting. They didn't even make stuff. it back home, I'm pretty sure. No, they, they just sent them right back to, uh, what is it, Netherlands? Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that. Do you want to talk about maybe some of the form or some of the player selection, which I thought was a little interesting for MLS's was, back? <laughs> yeah, it was odd. Uh, you know, that first 11, when, when I saw it, I was like, okay, you know. Um, the before the stoppage we had seen them after joseph got hurt we saw them try um with the typical number nine up top with adam john and didn't look great but it was you know passable i guess Mm -hmm. and you know scrap that the first game i kind of got excited about it i was like okay you know give these other guys a chance maybe we'll generate more offense this way and offense was i don't think generated at any point in the tournament But on top of that, we looked uh, very just out of it defensively at moments. Overall, I think the defense played fine, but there was just those flashes like the the very first goal that uh, New York scored. I remember uh, it was that ball played towards the middle and George Bella was like on in the opposing team's box, like running back. Yeah, so whether that was just uh, bad preparation or him putting someone that wasn't necessarily... I think you just ready it reflects on his his choices for for who to play well that that one of the big ones for me was how he was so heavily reliant on mo adams where you know i don't necessarily think he's a bad player i just don't think he, he i would personally never have started him over remedi or lorenowitz as a defensive midfielder it's like Rometty, we've seen, is just a feisty dude that gets in there, isn't afraid to make a tackle, isn't afraid to, you know, take someone on or even run with the ball towards the other team's box. And then, you know, Lorenowitz is just a leader on the field. He knows he's been in the game for ever. Um, and it's just, yeah. You know, getting a guy like in there with Mode Adams, he didn't, he just looked out of touch with yeah, everything the way. entire time. He kind of looked, uh, he just looked like he was doing what he was told to do, but I don't know, it just it did not click for him and the rest of the team. I think with Mo Adams, like you said, he's not necessarily a bad player, but no. it's it's clear that he he was definitely over relied on in this tournament because you know he's versatile. He can play in a, a lot of different spots in the mm-hmm. midfield. He can even play right back, but he's not the guy that you want being your first option in any of those positions. Um, no. And unfortunately for us, it looked like he was our main option in the midfield. So it just no sense to me. And it's like, yeah, that anyways, uh, you know, Bart, I think, you know, like a guy, guys just kind of looked off. Barco didn't, he did not seem excited at all to play. You had, you know, pity just trying to one man hero ball the everything, you know, he's just was trying to cross the ball, trying to shoot, trying to set everything up, which is what you want from him. But at the same time, it's like he was getting no help. Yeah. And there was definitely a few moments where you could tell uh, whether it was a bad pass or a bad shot, that frustration was starting to creep in with him. And uh, Mm -hmm. I do think it was partially fueled by what you said, him trying to just create something out of nothing, because there was definitely no help up top in in any of the three games. I mean, and the one time John actually starts, he gets taken off in yeah. a few minutes because of that stupid, you know, two yellow cards by our favorite guy. Uh, I, I'm 
completely forgetting his name. Jake oh, Mulraney. Jake Mulraney. Yes, Jake Mulraney. Oh, man, he is. I think he could be all right. We'll see. Yeah, I've that seen was... him play like a few times. but yeah. I think I told you I was riding in the car listening to that game on the radio. And I heard him get a yellow. You know, at that time, you think you don't even think twice about a player picking up a yellow. Mm-hmm. Then when I heard him pick up another one, I figured, oh, you know, it had to have been a pretty serious foul for him to get a second yellow in the first half. But I watched the video afterwards. I'm like, there's, I don't know. I think, I think considering everything, uh, you know, a referee should probably just pocket that one. Ultimately, that one, I think, ended up ruining the watchability of that game because I know. It did. People all over Reddit, Twitter, everything, everyone was complaining about that game, just talking about, like, why are we playing at 9 a.m.? Why are these teams even here? And oh, I think if Atlanta hadn't hadn't gone down a man, um, you would have at least seen a team trying to attack in that game because Cincinnati mm-hmm. had no in- – they were trying to get out with just a draw, even up a man. Yeah. Uh, you know, they ended up scoring, but that was one of the worst soccer games I've ever – I mean, I saw the last like half hour, but on the radio, you know, one of the worst games I've ever experienced in my life. I mean, I can tell you from firsthand experience of watching the entire thing that it was the worst experience I've ever had <laughs> watching a soccer game. Um, yeah, Cincinnati's interesting. You know, uh, they kind of like playing like uh, what year did Greece win the Euros? It was like 2004 was... or something like I, that? 2004 sticks in my mind. Because uh, and that would make sense because I think the Euros split every two like between World Cups. Mm-hmm. So I think it was oh four. It was something like that where they're playing with that ridiculous sitting so far back and just like, I mean, I guess they don't have like a giant dude to cross the ball into and head it in or stuff, but they're just playing so defensively. It's kind of funny to watch them play at the moment. Yeah, but yeah, that was. Uh, I mean. I guess have you have you watched a lot of the MLS's back tournament? Like, are there are there any other teams that have kind of like, obviously Atlanta was a big focal point for us, but mm-hmm. ha- have any other teams caught your eye so far? Uh so some that have caught my eye, I would say, you know, um, obviously Columbus, they look pretty solid, even yeah. though they did lose the other night. Um, I think they're still probably one of the best teams in the East. Uh, NYCFC was pretty interesting with the way. They started out horrible with their first two games, and then, like, they whooped whoever they played. I, I'm completely drawing a blank, but to make it to where they are, I think they play LAFC maybe, or Portland in the next round. But yeah, LAFC obviously is on another level once again. I they don't have Vela yet; they're still playing yeah. like the best team without you know anyone even being close. Right, yeah, that LAFC is a squad that, um, you know, I I look at them and they remind me a lot of second year Atlanta, where mm-hmm. last year, you know, they 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 looked, I mean, they were the best team in the league. Uh, Carlos Vela dominated, uh, and they ended up getting knocked out in the playoffs. But you saw them, and you're like, okay, you know, top to bottom, that is the best team in the league, and, and oh, it's not super close either. So I think, uh, you know, I, they remind me a lot of the, of Atlanta in the sense that I could see them just absolutely torching people in the playoffs this year. Now that they've got that that loss, that experience, I think that might be what just pushes them over the edge because they don't need any more talent, that's for sure. No, absolutely and I think now that, now that they've been through it uh, this, you know, this past season, I think they're if I had to pick a squad, they're probably my team to not just win the uh, MLS's back tournament, but end up winning – you know, I whatever uh, MLS Cup, whatever playoff system we end up having, hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, our world still exists in December <laughs> and we're able to watch a game. But whatever is going on, then I'm assuming LAFC is going to be involved in it. I would think so, too. I would. I mean, since it's going to be what East and it's always East and West. So, I mean, it's probably going to be if we can turn it around I, Atlanta being we um, I think it would be. Wouldn't be that far fetched, especially if you know you get guys that like Barco and Pity kind of actually producing at the levels you're expecting. Right. Obviously, they'll need help from other places, but you know, our team is obviously a good team on paper. They shouldn't be performing this poorly against other teams. Yeah, and and on on that topic of Atlanta, you know, there's 
at least uh, two transfers coming in with uh, Eric Lopez and Jurgen Dom. Mm-hmm. Um, Lopez, we still don't really really know what his contributions are going to be, just because yeah. it's you know typical MLS rules. When a guy like that comes in, you have no idea if if he's going to be able to play this year or not. <laughs> but you know, you got potentially those two, and then uh, the recent rumors of Jonathan Gonzalez from Monterey, actually. Uh, who I've, I mean, I've watched him for the last, I think like four years. Um, Mm -hmm. and he, he, he had like a lockdown starter spot in the midfield for the longest time. And, uh, he didn't lose it based off like underperforming. He lost it because the guys around him are, are just that good. Like it's a very, it's probably the best midfield in all of Mexico. Um, Mm -hmm. he's only 21. I think uh, if, if Atlanta ends up getting him, he's going to be a guy who he, he should be able to – like he's got experience playing in Liga MX playoffs, uh, you know, the highest of levels in North America. So I think he's a guy who when he arrives, he will be able to start from day one. And mm-hmm. while I don't think he's like the, the only missing piece for us, I do think he's the kind of guy who can really bring stability to that midfield, which we've been lacking so much of so far. So how do you think we would line up with, I guess, a guy like him? In a perfect world, and I, I'm, you know, I say this being biased of like a certain type of soccer that I like to watch, mm-hmm. but I think in a perfect world, it'd be like a 4-3-3 with, okay. uh, you know, your typical two center backs and then uh, probably Franco Escobar on the right and George Bello on the left. Uh, and I think that midfield three, you could probably play like Remedi as more of a like holding mid mm-hmm. uh, behind and I line him up behind Jonathan Gonzalez. And at the other spot, I guess you could rotate like Eric Hinman, uh, Jeff Larenowitz, mm-hmm. whoever is fit, whoever's playing well. Uh, but I do think, uh, the, I think Gonzalez would kind of be like that rock in the center of the field that could kind of bridge the, uh, defense and, and offense. Cause, cause Gonzalez, if I remember correctly, when he came up the youth system at Monterey, um, he actually came up as an attacking midfielder. Oh, he played attacking midfielder okay. and striker. Uh, but he was, you know, he's got great touch. He can shoot a bit. But he, he's one of those players who just sees the field very well and mm-hmm. can play good defense. So they started transitioning him more towards the middle of the field. And when he was at his best and when he was starting full-time, he was playing as a defensive midfielder for Monterey uh, with the hope being that he could be one of those midfielders who could also attack. So I think, I think that Atlanta probably sees that in him too. And they probably do, I would guess they would see him as that kind of player that they could slot in front of just a true defensive midfielder. And he could be that bridge between, you know, recovering the ball and then starting to move it forward. Because what we've got right now where it's just swinging it down the sidelines and then crossing in a pass that doesn't end up on anyone's head is not going to work long term for this team. No, that's that's not a, you know, good... um... You know, that's not the, what we should be striving for, especially with a 5'8 striker, you know, with Joseph. Yeah. And then that's just, it's just not a long-term plan. Um, so let's see. I think I think uh, there's some rumors on who we might get as a coach. I don't really know. I don't have any real preference other than I want a guy that can, you know, obviously keep the defense good keep them at that high level they were playing at last year because, you know, we really didn't lose any pieces there other than, you know, the leadership of LGP and <laughs> I guess that's not really not losing anything. <laughs> but LGP and Parkhurst retiring and then you yeah. bring in Meza. But, I mean, if you can get Robinson back to playing at that high level, not making those kind of – just making interesting mistakes in the tournament that he kind of just looked rusty and they just looked super disconnected at that – like not communicating well. Um, but yeah, I hope we kind of stick to someone that will give us, you know, back four. Yeah. And, uh, actually, no, I do have one hope of a manager and it would be Miguel Herrera. Oh yeah. Club America's coach dude is my, the most intense and just yes. exciting coach in all of soccer. He's so funny. I, anytime he is on the field, he is just as interesting to watch as the game itself. 
Yeah, if there's one thing that I, I, I he actually coached Monterey uh, in the I think it was like mid 2000s, mm-hmm. and if there's one thing that I think every single team he's coached, whether it's Monterey, Club America, the Mexican national team, he has never failed to motivate the players. Like the players will run through a wall for that guy. Uh, so I I do think someone like that would be good for for the personalities on our team because. Even even with DeBoer, I remember when he had a, he had like a bit of an argument with Pity last year mm-hmm. about him not tracking back for for balls and just kind of being unfocused on defense. Now you'll see Pity like I remember in the playoffs last year, him I think it was against Philly, chasing yep. down a long ball and like sliding in front of a shot. He somehow was our last defender. You, there's no way you would have seen that. And I I do think we have guys who like want to be challenged in that way. And I think Herrera would be a, would be that type of coach who would come in, kind of like, for, you know, more or less bring that attitude of like, you know, we're going to come out, we're going to go 100% every single game, mm-hmm. offense, defense, doesn't matter what it is. Uh, and I think we the Atlanta United does not lack talent right now. What they no, lack no. is that motivation and just that kind of just, you know, it's hard to to really describe it, but it's just those intangible like determination, all those cliche words. But it's mm-hmm. it's really something that I think they're missing because they look lifeless out there. Yes, and absolutely. I don't think it's a it's a talent issue. So I, no. I I like Herrera. I don't know how real it is like that mm-hmm. they could bring him. I'd love that. Um, but yeah, at this point, I'm just patiently waiting. Hopefully, uh, by the time the next round of games fire up, we've got a permanent coach. Yeah, that would be nice. Um... You know, obviously, another person that would be pretty nice would be Potch. He's on the market. He's ready, yeah. but I don't. I don't know if the MLS is quite um, up to the level he wants to. You know, when you maybe have something to. like a PSG waiting for you. Yeah, that's might that's be hard to pick story. an MLS club, but you know, at a certain point, maybe we can bet if if Arthur Blank is willing, there might be a, a large enough check that we can hand that's over. That's true. Arthur Blank does have the money ready to go, you know? So I think, yeah, I think my ideal guy would be someone that's, you know, open to obviously listening to the players. And I think you mentioned it the other day. We don't need a guy that's necessarily going to be the best coach. We need just someone to motivate and get these guys wanting to play for him. So hopefully that he can get, you know, someone that, you know, just just makes it interesting to watch because I think we've all said it so many times. Like, it can be hard to watch this team when you know they're not scoring or when you don't have Joseph on the field. It's like we're kind right. of doing whatever. It like, just looks I weird. I will watch any like any soccer games pretty much. Mm-hmm. Like, I've watched Turkish games, <laughs> uh, the Korean league. I I will watch anything. And Atlanta at in the MLS's back tournament, I think was top 10 most boring teams i've ever seen in my entire life absolutely i i would agree with that i went to a few college soccer games uh for lower division teams and you know i watched them just not even possess the ball i didn't see a single person run with the ball it's more (laughs) just like cross the ball back to their defense then they headed up in the air then you know just back and forth that way for 45 minutes and then halftime or whatever and you're just like oh man this is hard to watch, but Atlanta United was hard to watch. Yeah. Um, well, you you mentioned uh, Pochettino over in in Europe. Uh, mm-hmm. Have you? I guess I mean obviously with Manchester United, but you know I thought I thought the finish to the EPL this year was was a fun ride. I mean I don't say that just because Spurs ended up grabbing a, a Europa <laughs> League spot, which I did not think was going to happen for the longest time, but. You know, between Man U's good form, uh, Leicester City's absolute collapse, uh, there was a lot of there was a lot to watch. Yeah, the it was funny towards the end. It was kind of Chelsea ended the Chelsea ended it for Wolves, and then obviously Manchester United had a pretty good game against uh, Leicester, getting yet another penalty and then a late Jesse Lingard goal, which is always. He's just a meme in itself. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it was actually the the last non-relegation spot, that spot for that Aston Villa got 
that right. was actually the most interesting part right there on that last day. Oh man, that was so so nuts. It was Aston Villa scores, Bournemouth's up. Like if the results hold, Bournemouth goes through, and then uh, if and then like immediately West Ham scores to change it, and it's like oh my gosh, this is just. You know, back and forth. I had like five, I think I had six windows open on my computer watching every game. Yeah, and that's something that you know in American sports you don't. I mean, relegation isn't a thing, uh, but it's it's genuinely one of the most exciting things that you can watch at the end of seasons because you know effort takes over at a certain point, especially like the last 15, 20 minutes of these games. Mm-hmm. Those teams are playing like I mean quite literally for some of these guys like their their livelihood is on the line like if they go down a level who knows what their what their uh soccer career is going to look like going forward Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah those were those were some wild finishes in the in the final final match i'll say i was a little disappointed aston villa ended up staying up because that means whoever wants to buy jack Grealish, i was hoping it would be manchester united (laughs) but now it's like he's probably gonna you know, when you get relegated, I think typically most people have in their contract if they're a more high-profile player to uh, essentially, you know, if I go down this much, my transfer clause makes me cheaper, you know, or whatever. My release yeah. clause goes down by some percentage. But do you want to talk about how maybe Mu Mourinho came in and, like, completely changed that team? I mean, here's their – and since he's been there, the team is – 16 wins, 9 draws, and 10 losses. Over th- So that's 35 games, and they've won over like half of them. Yeah, I think, uh, if I remember correctly, when Pochettino left, Spurs were 14th in the table, mm-hmm. and you know, obviously they ended up finishing 6th. So I think uh, Mourinho came in, got off to a hot start. I think they, they may have won their first three matches under him. Uh, then they kind of hit a rough patch. Ultimately, though, I I'm really excited to see what he does, especially having a, a you know a full off season. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, at some point, not also having to deal with a pandemic, uh, <laughs> being able to purchase a few players. I mean, finances at Spurs are always going to be supposedly yeah. tight, uh, so we'll see how much flexibility he has with that. But uh, I, I liked what he what he did with the team ultimately, especially uh, after the the loss to Sheffield. Where, you know, especially on social media, you would have guessed his, you know, he was on the hot seat and his job was on the line somehow. And mm-hmm. something happened after that game because they came out on fire. I don't, uh, they, they, I believe they won every game but one after the Sheffield match. Yes. Maybe it was two. But, uh, you know, he's got Harry Kane scoring again. Uh, uh, he's got, I think he's starting to round the defense out a good bit. There's mm-hmm. still some mistakes. I don't know if that's because, you know, they're adjusting to what he wants or it's because you have uh, Eric Dyer starting a good chunk of games at <laughs> defensive mid and center back. And, you know, I, I'm actually I, I consider myself an Eric Dyer defender because I feel like he gets he I no player gets roasted more than him and he deserves a good chunk of it. But at the same time, like he can do some things decently. Yeah. Um, I just don't know if he. I think he's a great player to have on the team because his teammates love him. Mm-hmm. He he can do like I think he's a, a passable player, especially when you're playing some of the the weaker clubs. But uh, you know whether it's contending for Champions League or eventually trying to win the league, I think they're going to have to upgrade that uh, that center back spot mostly because I think Devinson Sanchez is a good good answer there long term. Mm-hmm. But uh, Toby he signed an extension, but he's also like 32. Yeah. Uh, luckily, center backs, you know, they they tend to last a little bit longer than a lot of other field players. We'll see how long that ha- that that lasts for. But yeah, you know, I think uh, I'm I'm really excited to see what what happens in year two. I think the the, the biggest question mark is basically going to be, do they make any signings to kind of I think right back and defensive midfielder are the two spots where they could really use some help, and. Uh, and Dombele's status, you know, is he going to Yeah, that <laughs> he's gone from Spurs' biggest signing ever now to half of the fan base is, you know, Get holding on to that and saying we have to, 
we can't give up on him. Like we paid so much. You have the other half saying like ship him out immediately. I, I'm in the middle. Like I think he's probably going to be a good player eventually whenever, you know, he wants to be. Uh, but I also could understand if, you know, they're at a point where they see that they're, if they can grab a good bit of that money that they paid for him back right now, mm-hmm. it might just be better to just go ahead and cut your losses, get rid yeah. of the headache. I, I honestly, I, I could see it going either way. I'm not sure what Mourinho wants. Um, we'll see. Um, I'm excited to see what the transfer window has for us. Yeah, I think I'm excited to hopefully see them at least play f- interesting soccer again because uh, next season will be interesting when he kind of gets his – I guess it's not even next season. It's like in two months. Yeah, it's going to be quick. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm excited to see what he can do for a full season with that team and get them all believing it. Uh, I mean, what do you think of the Manchester City thing with uh, them beating whatever their trial case or whatever the heck that – Financial fair play. Right. Um, I mean, I am i don't know. I guess I don't understand the rules as yeah. well as I, th- I thought I did. Yeah. Because, you know, I was under the impression with, with everything that had come out, I was like, okay, you know, it makes sense that they're going to be uh, fined, suspended, whatever, whatever the whole picture of it was. I was like, that checks out. Mm-hmm. Uh, they removed the suspension, kept, I think, some of the fine. I think yeah, Mourinho was came out and said basically like, uh, you know, if they did something wrong, why is the suspension lifted? And if they didn't do anything wrong, why are they still being fined? Uh, which yeah, they, I agree with. I'm like, they either did it or they didn't. Why are we tra- going down this line? I I, I mean, if it, I think the reality of it is that big clubs have more sway in this type of thing, so it, it's it would be. You know, they definitely want City involved in that tournament, so they're going to do whatever they can to to keep them in there, whether it's right or wrong. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little torn by it because it kind of it threw the biggest wrench into that final what was the top five race at that point. Yeah, everyone um, thought then, if they got that fifth spot, they were in, and then and like then, what two weeks? Yeah, they, the it was it was the amount of time I think they decided to do it. But yeah, that that was so frustrating. And I mean, that team is so good. I mean, Kevin yeah. De Bruyne is absurd. I mean, I don't know how he isn't didn't win Player of the Year because dude tore it up. He had like did Henderson win that? Yeah, and that that's got to be just like I mean, no offense to, to no, Jordan Henderson, like he's no, a great player. But that 100% is just like a legacy. You've He's been at Liverpool for so long. Yeah. They finally won. And it was like, you know what? This is like a, a career achievement. Because <laughs> in my notes, I just have written down. and Because I, I, I wrote some stuff when I was watching the last few games. One of the things I have is just KDB dash best midfielder in the world. Yep. I have that exact thing. Like, I have I, with I, that. <laughs> he is a player who... I think if you want to show someone like, you know, I think the in America, there used to be that stigma of like soccer's boring. No one no, does anything. Not him. And that's changed now. But regardless, if you wanted to show someone like a soccer player to kind of get them hooked on it. There's some strikers like Ronaldo. There's mm-hmm. guys like Messi who are the obvious choices. But like a midfielder who I'm like, if you just want to see what pretty much a perfect soccer player looks like Kevin De Bruyne like every yep. game it seems like he does something that I haven't seen a player do before he's so casual about it too like that goal that goal he scored in the I think it was in the last week was absurd. that footwork was it was but unreal and then he just didn't celebrate he was just like yeah. <laughs> what it's only 5-0 what like, he's, he's abs- I'm, I wish he's I wish he was on Spurs I wish he was on every single team that I root for because he is one of the most fun players I've ever seen in my life. It's crazy that he was on Chelsea, wanted playing time, got the whole uh, same thing Pogba did where he's like, okay, well, if you don't want me, I'm going to go get playing time. Goes to Wolves, becomes the best midfielder. So. Yeah, he's... <laughs> or, uh, I love not him. Wolves, sorry. Uh, yeah, I think, did he go to Gang? Wolfsburg. Oh, was it Wolfsburg? Right? I was yeah, like, I know the... he hopped to another league and came back and it's just like okay like 
missed on this one. <laughs> it was him and Andre Sherla there that were tearing it up. And then oh, okay. I think Sherla retired after that. So, or is retired now. Um, let's see. Oh, well, what about, about your squad, Man U? I want to hear. I want to hear from you what what you thought about the. Uh... <laughs> Because, so, I mean, from my point of view, I, I, every week I check my phone like, oh, you know, did Man U drop? This is earlier when maybe we could catch um, yeah. Manchester United. I was like, did they drop points? Oh, no, they won like 3-0 again because Marcus Rashford decided, uh, what's his face? Mason Greenwood? Oh, Greenwood. They were just like, we're just going to score every week now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they kind of changed it. Um, So Rashford got injured right in, I think, January. So the whole pandemic actually was beneficial to the team because it gave him time to recover with enough time to really come back uh but he was kind of like the main striker uh apart for the first half of that season and when he came back he kind of changed his got his role changed he was pushed out onto the left and became this like pseudo like winger slash playmaker dude i mean he had like almost as many created chances as De Bruyne but also still scoring goals so it's like that's fantastic combination you got Martial looking like the 80 million dollar signing that he is and then Greenwood is this academy kid that's they keep talking about how amazing his finishing is like you see him score at the right foot left foot inside the box outside the box and he can also cross it's yeah that that front three I mean if they're all super young they're going to keep maturing and I'm more honestly, mostly excited to see how good Greenwood gets. Yeah, that's actually, I was going to say, I don't think there's a front three with more potential in the world mm-hmm. right now than that one. You know, when, when you have young players like that, it's, um, it's easy to kind of be like, Oh, you know, this window is going to last forever. And, and, you know, more than likely two years from now, one of those three guys is probably not going to be starting for Manchester yeah. United. Cause that's just the reality of it. But like you said, Greenwood, I think he's my favorite of that bunch too. Cause not only is it clear that he has like the technical abilities, but like he doesn't play like he's 18 years old. No, he plays, he like plays like he's been fed. playing in the premier. Yeah. He's, he plays like he's like a 26 year old in the premier league playing for like six, seven years now. Like mm-hmm. it's rare that you see a guy, especially coming in for a club as big as Manchester United. Uh, where, you know, the, the there's going to be so much pressure. You know, Man U, I feel like right now is going through that uh, post-Ferguson phase still where they're trying to recapture, which it's going to be – it's gonna, it would be hard for any club to, to get back to the status because that's you're talking about potentially the best manager of all time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, the, the amount of pressure that he is under uh, coming in so young, he's handled it as well as, like, any player I've ever seen. So I mm-hmm. – you know, I, I, I have high hopes for that that entire trio. I think whether they're all at Manchester United in like three years or not, I think all three of them are going to be successful. Um, if they're else, if one of them is elsewhere, it's not because like loss of ability or anything. It's just simply no. things happen. But however long they're there, I'd be shocked if they don't win some sort of whether it's uh, you know FA Cup, the league, uh, Champions League, even in like three, four years, I think, man, you definitely will be involved in, in any oh, of for those. Sure. I, th- I could see it. They have a couple pieces they need to add, but it's more, I think at this point, it's more depth than anything. Cause, I mean, they have a solid back line. They could probably use a new center back other than Lindelof, but mm-hmm. you know, you got their midfields pretty good. I mean, Paul Pogba and Fernandez look like they they've kind of unlocked each other. Fernandez completely yeah, changed this team. Uh, I think it's safe to say Bruno Fernandez was the best purchase in the winter of any club. Like, yeah, he he's been a pretty solid purchase. I still laugh. It's not at this. even. I don't even have to think about that. I'm just like, yeah, that was that was the best purchase any team made. Well, since they've, uh, since he's joined the team, they've won or drawn every game besides that FA Cup loss against Chelsea that was the first time uh, the most, they yeah. lost and he was involved with I think almost every goal so that's yeah <laughs> in some way you know maybe he created the chance or created the pass before well, the goal the, the funny part with Bruno is like I feel like he was linked both I mean he was linked to Spurs he was linked mm-hmm. to Man U there was so many clubs that were connected to him for the last few years 
And it, I feel like it, it didn't happen for a bit, and it kind of turned some fans into thinking like, oh, maybe he's overhyped. Maybe if the club doesn't, I was, actually, I was not that. willing to buy him now. Yeah, maybe he's not actually worth it. Turns out, you know, dude's actually just sick. <laughs> I fell into that category of thinking. I mean, he's playing in Portugal. They're not that good of a league. Dude's still like killing it. So I yeah. think he didn't take any time to transition. Uh, but. Yeah, that I'm excited to see how they do with maybe a full season of him because he he's looking to unlock passes or unlock defenses with you know one pass, and him and Paul yeah, together yeah. will be because Paul looks kind of like he's fit back into that France World Cup winning uh, position of being kind of a like yeah he goes forward but he's kind of looking to be more of the initiator of the link up between the defense and know attack yeah. so that's always good well like you said i think i think you're you're spot on saying you know not i don't want to say that the pandemic was good for anyone but no 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 if you're just talking from like a strategical like soccer team building sense like that yes. time off i think really did wonders for man because they came out just roaring and you know mm-hmm. finally having everyone healthy having some time to kind of get these new parts mixed in mm-hmm. definitely definitely helped them out so there's uh, one team I'm actually pretty excited for. So next season, Leeds is coming up, right? And Leeds yeah. is one of the Premier League giants from that dominated, I think, from like the 60s to the 70s right here. Okay, so for six straight years through the 60s and the 70s, they were either first or second. And that's you know pretty pretty good team. That's some good history. And... You know, they have a great fan base, so it could be interesting to see how they actually, you know, end up playing if they're... I mean, Sheffield was one surprise that came up and everyone's like, oh, they're going to get immediately relegated and came out and really kicked ass. So maybe Leeds can do the same, channel some of their, you know, 60s, 70s. (laughs) Yeah, no, I... I mean, Leeds is coached by uh, Bielsa, who I Mm -hmm. am... Like, if there's... The two sports I would say that I like, you know, learning about just tactics and all that stuff about the most. Um, it used to be uh, like baseball and soccer. I've always loved the soccer side of it. And now it's kind of been soccer and basketball. But soccer specifically, uh, Bielsa's coaching and like his strategy. They, I mean, his nickname is the like the crazy one. Like if Mourinho mm-hmm. is the special one, Bielsa <laughs> is the crazy one. That's... And it's just because he's willing to just try new things uh he knows i mean with leads coming up to the premier league he's going to be at a disadvantage in terms of the talent on the field so i'm sure he's going to come up with some ideas some nights they're going to get blasted like four nil five nil but guarantee you they're going to cause some good clubs uh some headaches next season because that man plans for everything uh has things that clubs would never even think about trying sometimes they work mm-hmm. sometimes they don't but they're definitely a club that i'm excited to see what they can do uh you know just from even just from a watchability standpoint like it'll be cool to see what leads brings into the premier league mm-hmm. um i've got a question do you what do you yeah. I, and you you actually mentioned him earlier when you were talking about the relegation uh with jack Grealish, do you think he ends up going anywhere or do you think it's just going to be too pricey so it depends. I don't think he's I've kind of had this thought. So like every time you watch him, you can see clearly that he's a level above a lot of the players on that Aston Villa team, right? He's kind of carried them with their offense, you know, creating chances, things of that sort. But I think if he went somewhere, he wouldn't he I think he would excel because, you know, better players typically would think you would be able to just be better overall, be elevated to a higher level just with better talent around you. Um, I don't think, however, whoever gets him isn't going to be starting him every game. I just don't see, like, if it's a Man City or a a United or a even like Chelsea or even Spurs, right, if they got him, I don't think he would be a starter. It might be a guy that, you know, plays some games, starts some games, but... He, he would be a fantastic extra dude to put in there and just 
because he's also young isn't he like 21 22 yeah, he, he's pretty young so he has chance to grow but yeah i think i don't know I, I i don't even know how much you'd be worth you know like this market's so weird with you know fred was 57 million dollars bruno fernandez <laughs> was 50 like yeah. what that makes no sense that actually still upsets me to this day will never yeah, not the, me. the transfer market's gotten so you, you've had so many players go for so much more than they're actually worth mm-hmm. that you you really don't like i think the the price that i saw um aston villa basically supposedly asking for was 80 million euro <laughs> which i'm like don't get me wrong jack Grealish is a great player good, but i get them asking for that because they don't want to lose him but there's not even man city can pay 80 million for a guy that isn't going to be like one of the best three or four players on their team. They paid 80 million for Riyad Mahrez who sits on the bench. You know what? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Now that I'm thinking about like, Mike. But he he won, didn't he win PFA player of the year? Like Yeah, the year I think Lester it was the, Yeah, exactly. I was going to say the year that they won the title. So it's like he's obviously a great player, but it's like yeah. if he can't start on that team, that's still Yeah. Bad. I don't I don't know what their what their big plan is cuz uh yeah, they were so close to being relegated, and it doesn't sound it doesn't sound like they've got big plans to kind of bolster that team. So it, mm-hmm. they might just be running it back, hoping that they could continue to stay up. But I can't see Grealish signing like a you know like a big extension with them or anything. So, I don't think they could handle a big extension. Yeah, I think the for for them even like it might be one of those situations where they might be better off i don't know taking something like 55 mm-hmm. maybe you know he's an english player too so maybe like That's, 60 million and uh english tax kind of fortify thing. the rest of the team yep yeah the english tax makes anyone a little more expensive so that's why i wasn't too mad when spurs extended dire because i was like you know what he's english like well, they have a quota too. They have to make, I think. Yeah, you got to have a. There, there's, there's limits on like the foreign-born and how many English, like all that stuff. So, my my whole thought on that was like it's going to be more expensive to bring in a new dyer. So we may as well just extend the one we already have. Mm-hmm. Oh, we know absolutely. what we have with him. It can't get worse. So coming up in what is it? Two week or a week? A week now? Seven days is the Champions League starting back up. Oh yeah, so we I have keep some... forgetting that's like right there. So the only downside is it's not the only game on TV will be the final. The rest will all be CBS All Access, which I guess what's five dollars? What's five dollars more a month? You know, I I have so many like the amount of streaming apps, I, and you know I guess it could be worse. At least they're accessible somewhere. Yeah, but still like the fact that i have to jump through like four different apps to get all my all my leagues is can get very frustrating yeah that i it kind of sucks because like i'm like man i just i don't want to buy another one but my dad's excited that he might get to watch the new star trek so (laughs) i guess i'm like all right cool yeah i mean there's some pretty good matchups here uh there's so atalanta versus psg will be nice a pretty good game atalanta's actually on such a ridiculous scoring streak they're outscoring opponents two to one yeah i Um, mean you know from our soccer chat i have been i've been riding that atalanta hype train for a while now like i look sick i i don't watch a lot of italian soccer but when i started learning about you know what they've done this year i was like oh i gotta watch Mm -hmm. a few of these games next thing i know they're just winning matches like five nil seven two and i'm like fantastic this is incredible. But yeah, I think they could take it to PSG, especially because I believe uh, Mbappé got out. ruled out, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. I mean, PSG probably still has the more talented squad. But of course. When you're missing one of the best, what, top five, top ten soccer players in the world, it's I mean, going to complicate things yeah. regardless. So he has, let's see, I have the stat right here. In 34 games, he has 30 goals and 18 assists. Um, that's, you know, that's pretty solid. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so without him, they have Neymar who obviously is like great player, but this puts a lot of pressure on him to, you know, show off that he is worth the, what, $200 million transfer fee and half a million he gets per week. 
or what is it's it? insane. So yeah, he he. So far, he has scored 19 goals and 10 assists in 23 games. So I mean, that's also very good numbers. But they don't have the best history in the uh, yeah Champions League. You know, last year they lost to Manchester United in. Is that like the three-two pe- comeback? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were up. You know, it's like, come on, you can't lose that game. I, I, you know, you mentioned then. you mentioned Neymar. I think th- we've also now have a track record of like f- not just PSG but Brazil, like the national team too. Teams, <sighs> Neymar, Neymar has a reputation of being a flopper, which he does flop sometimes. Yes, but I don't think there's a player who gets like roughed up more. Well, yeah, and Neymar at the same like he has it. He has the worst of both worlds. Like he actually gets beat up, but then people are just like, "Oh, he just flops." And like, yeah, sometimes, but like he doesn't remember, help I mean, his in the case. World Cup, he literally fractured his back. Yeah, which he, uh, oh gosh, uh, so, yeah, I felt bad for him. But I think when, when teams have decided, you know what, when teams have decided, you know what, we're not going to let Neymar be the guy. Like to to like that, we're just going to foul him. We're going to mm-hmm. beat him up it really shuts down those teams attacks. So I'm curious to see if PSG, you know, has an answer. If that, if it gets to that point where, where Neymar is not really being able to do much because he's being knocked down because they're just pushing him out wide. Like mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see if they can continue to, cause it's, it, the, these matchups are one leg matchups, right? Uh, this is knockout round. So I think so. Okay. Right, are we, we're in the knockout. Because I think, well, because because I think nor, nor you know normally they have the home and away, but I think because mm-hmm. of the because of the COVID situation, they're just doing one leg, which, in my opinion, you know, benefits a team like Atalanta, who is the underdog. But you know, when you only have to play once, you don't have to worry about a second chance for them to, have yeah. to score you. Like in a series, I would uh, bet on PSG, so yeah. but I agree, Atalanta, I think, would be my win. Or go to, you know, you got Juve, Leon. That's another uh, interesting one. They, I think, see, see Ronaldo keep adding to his tally there. Yeah, I mean, so Leon has some young players. They got a different Musa Dembele. Yeah, <laughs> and then they also have Men- Memphis Depay, who obviously was United at one point, but he seems to be evolving into a decent player, and you know, maybe they can take it to him. But yeah, I mean, you can't bet against Ronaldo. He's just too good. <laughs> I just, I just want to say, I'm pretty sure you could feel like an entire eleven of Musa Dembele's that have played in like good teams in Europe at this point. It's absolutely, it's wild how common of a name that is for professional soccer players. Musa is a popular name. <laughs> what um, do you think so- of the uh, the uh, Atletico matchup? So I'm actually pretty excited about that. Um, so. Timo Werner is how you say it. He's been fantastic this season. Um, so I watched a few games when Bundesliga was only thing on for a while. Um, and dude scored like three, two goals, assisted another. So I mean, he's so so far through the season, he's forty five through forty five matches, thirty four goals and thirteen assists. And since the restart. He's basically scored or assisted in every game. So I have a question: Is he is he playing with with them still, or has he officially joined Chelsea? I think it's until the end of the season. Okay, because I think he would technically be team locked due to the Champions League rules, right? Yeah. Uh, I think once you've played for a team, you can't play for. Another I know he. Team. Yeah, he he definitely can't play for Chelsea in the tournament. I just didn't know if he's joined. Like I don't left. think he's joined yet. Gotcha. I will say I think Atletico though would probably win just because they haven't lost since the restart. They've been also just kicking ass. So yeah, Atletico is a team who you just can't count them out in any matchup. Like they're the kings of coming in when they're not, you know, taking a one nil result mm-hmm. when they're supposed to lose like two nil. I mean, they took out Liverpool. Yeah, I don't they're think Liverpool has lost a, a match team. in like. Yeah, I. I I'm excited to yes. watch that matchup. Uh, the Barcelona matchup should be good too. Yeah, Napoli's doing great. They've won six games and one loss and two draws since the restart. But I mean, I don't think Barcelona's the better team this year. I actually would bet on Napoli, but once again, Messi's on that team, and yeah, Messi magic is 100% real. So 
Right. That's a that's a game, you know, when you've got the best player. I mean, you, you see it in other sports, too. Like, if you're watching basketball, mm-hmm. it's a playoff matchup. You've got LeBron James. Like, when it comes down to it, you're like, I'm going to take the team with the best player here just because, you know, they can make it happen. Same thing with Barcelona. I mean, ultimately, it's going to be a hard matchup because they've had their they've had big struggles this year and, and big moments. But if it's a tie game in like the 88th minute, I can already picture seeing like the notification, you know, Lionel Messi goal, 88th minute, <laughs> Barcelona leads 2 one. I'm like, yeah, yeah. It makes sense. Insane Messi run happen. <laughs> Go on Reddit. And yeah, see the it dribbles insane like three messy people run. and then chips yeah. the goalie at the end. Yeah, it's just like that would be. I it wouldn't surprise me. Um, another one. Matchup one of the big great. things. Oh, sorry. Go. Oh no, what did you say? No, no, no. You can go. I was. I was just gonna mention the uh, the Real Madrid. I'm oh, excited yeah. to see if uh, Zidane. I mean, he's never lost a Champions League as a coach. Nope. <laughs> Literally hasn't lost. He's he has more Champions League winning trophies as a coach than he has full seasons as a coach that's insane i mean yeah that's <laughs> actually i mean both teams are in fantastic form you know real madrid won la liga and man city ended i don't even know how it was like they won like every game by like a goal or yeah like four or five so it's gonna be interesting to see those two teams duke it out because you know they both obviously have to play for something and see even though um, Real Madrid has been playing well. I really think Man City, this will be the year that they actually don't just like shit the bed in the playoff or in the Champions yeah. League. But once again, you never know. I mean, Zidane, you can't count Zidane out. Dude's just genius. We'll somehow I know pull we just off had a, Bale, but We just had an all English final, but like. I do think there's still something to Spanish clubs in the Champions League. I don't know what it is, but they just mm-hmm. maybe it's the fact that you know that we don't see them very often. Uh, maybe those cross matchups are just tough in general because of that. But there's a real thing where like these Spanish clubs come in and just sometimes mop the floor with the English teams and with Real, like with I, they're a team who I'm like I could easily see them losing like three nil to City. But I, mm-hmm. I could also see them coming out with like a two-one victory. So I'm I'm very excited to watch that matchup, though. Yeah, that one actually would be the one I'm probably most looking forward to, just because it's, you know, that's two just great teams. It's going to be fun to watch. They both play interesting soccer. And then there's also mm-hmm. the Bayern versus Chelsea uh, game. Uh, you know, I think Bayern would be a favorite here, but yeah, definitely. Know, they just won the Bundesliga. They've been pooing on people since the restart. And Lewandowski I mean, this year, in my opinion, has been the best soccer player in the world. Like yeah. he, he's a guy who could always be counted on to to like score goals for you. But I think this year, whether it was because of the the injuries Byron had or whatever, mm-hmm. he's taken more responsibility than I've ever seen him take, and did everything you needed. So. Uh, I, I think if I had to pick a squad to win the Champions League this year, I think my pick, my first pick would be Bayern Munich. I think this is just they're fully locked in. Uh, I think that they they themselves probably think they should have won more of these in the last few years than they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they've only won one when yep. they uh, yeah they lost to Chelsea last time. They were in the finals. So. Was the one they won the one against Dortmund? Yes. Okay. So so yeah, like I I think. You know, with Lewandowski looking so good this year, and I think that team is just top to bottom really deep. That mm-hmm. would that would pro- they would they're probably my pick to to take it home this year if I had to pick today. I can see that. I mean, they got what Alfonso Davies, who's been absolutely killing it, dude. Mm-hmm. I think just won like I think teams player the or most improved or whatever. There, I mean, but Yo, yeah, North Lewandowski. America. Ew. Hey, that's always good to see guys coming from the MLS and going actually perform yeah. well somewhere. So it's a good sign for the league. Oh, it always is. Always a good sign. Um, I mean, so EPL starts back up in you know what two weeks. So that's exciting. It's kind of or not two weeks in a month or something. I think it's a month. Yeah, but, I think it's I think it's like mid September because then the uh, the transfer window runs like for another three weeks after that. 
But it's gonna okay. be it's gonna be a short wait, luckily. Which is we've been so great. sports deprived that now I'm just like just I I mean I'm I'm very thankful League MX started back up because oh yeah, League now MX I've got something else to to be hooked on. I think my biggest issue with Liga MX is just I think you were telling me that each team has to make their own TV deal. Yeah, it's a complete. It's so hard headache. to watch. <laughs> it's like, how do I find this team? You f- yeah, yeah, you never know if you're gonna be like on Fox Sports, Univision. Like, you have to jump through so many hoops to find the teams that that you know that you want to watch. Uh, but yeah, you know, the the first match was this past weekend. Um, mm-hmm. I guess I don't want to dive in too deep because I know not many people watch it compared to less. And, uh, you know, I mean, a lot of people watch League MX, don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. people who are probably going to listen to this mostly yeah. are going <laughs> to follow MLS and the Prem. Uh, but it, it was a very good first week. The teams look, looked solid. They didn't look like they uh, had been sitting out the last few months or anything. I know you mentioned specifically Tigres. They oh, came they out and looked. just whomped. I think it was like a three nil victory. Uh huh. Um, they looked insane. They looked. Clean. It, I mean, there. If the uh, what's it called, Concacaf Champions League was still going on right now, I think they would probably be considered the favorites to win it. Uh, what's interesting is though, I think in didn't they lose to NYCFC in their first leg? Was that what the result was? I can't I remember. Think it might have been. It, it feels been like it was like ten years ago. <laughs> it honestly might as well be, you know. But yeah. I yeah they they looked really clean and then I caught glimpses of I might have just seen highlights of the Monterey game which was uh, a good win what three one yeah three one uh, I I I know you've you've seen me claim the uh, defending champion even <laughs> though Monterey had up until that had not won a league game in all of twenty twenty. Uh, I think they they got to play something like ten matches before the season got suspended. Oh man! Drew, I think four of them and lost six. Uh, but you know, as far as I'm concerned, that season never happened. There was no champion; it never <laughs> happened. So we are still the defending champs, and you know, I'm we could say we're undefeated in 2020, as far as I'm concerned. Fun but, fact: yeah, no, it was about it was Monterey. a good match week. What was I'm that? Sorry. No, no, no. You you're good. I oh just yeah, no, say I was fun saying facts. it was it was a good match week, and uh, you know, with the Monterey connection to Atlanta now, we'll see in the next few, hopefully in the next few days, whether Jonathan Gonzalez is coming. Um, I know for Monterey, he came on for like ten minutes as a sub, seemed half of like uh, just a send off because you know they 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 like him a lot at the club. He he mm-hmm. goes, he's one of those guys who definitely fit in well with the rest of the team. Um, mm-hmm. but I think it's, it's going to be, if he ends up coming to Atlanta, it'll be best for, for everyone. Cause Monterey will, will make money off the sale off a guy who they don't have room for. Um, Atlanta will get a good midfielder. And then for Jonathan himself, what he, I, I, you know, he's 21, he's competing for a national team spot. The best thing he can do right now is be on the field playing. Yeah, absolutely. And with Atlanta, he, he would probably be just like a nailed on 90 minute starter week in, week out. And, I would think he's so. not going to find that right now at Monterey. So, you know, I'm I, as a fan of both squads, I'm I'm rooting for that for that move. I mean, that would be a fantastic move. I mean, you getting any? I guess well, he's all what Mexican American, Mexican. He was at, he was born USA. I think, in California, okay. and then came. His parents are from Mexico. Uh, Monterey scouted him at a tournament in the U.S. and he played for the U.S like youth national team that's up until i think okay. the U 17 and then he switched over because mexico offered he, i mean he was playing in mexico mexico offered him a chance to come play you know i can't i'm not gonna ever judge players decisions on who they want to play for like they've mm-hmm. all got their own reasons so um but yeah you know i'm excited to see what ends up coming out of that fun fact about monterey they've won every game that i've attended so that's not true. A lot, not a lot of people can say that. So, one and zero. Yeah, one zero since I've <laughs> attended their matches. So, yeah, hopefully we'll, hopefully we'll, we'll need to just send you to every game. Apparently, maybe that might be the way to do it. I want to see their stadium in person. So, I could cool. definitely vouch for that one. It's it's worth 
every attempt to get there, like it'll be worth your every dollar. It's what I've been there for, I think four or five matches now. And it is, I mean, I I'm lucky enough to have been to, you know, to have the bends here in Atlanta and then mm-hmm. to have the, the tickets for Monterey and, you know, the bends is as far as like the most advanced stadium with the technology and all that, it's by far the nicest. Mm-hmm. But just the views, the food, everything at the Monterey one, like you can, just can't beat the watching a soccer game with the mountains in the view, yeah. eating like authentic tacos, not yeah. going to beat it. That sounds pretty sweet. So maybe one day we can make a trip. One day you already know Atlanta United is going to play them on their field one time. And we're going to go make that trip. <laughs> Once we can travel safely, we'll we'll throw it on the books. Yeah, when when that happens. Okay. If, well. Yeah, if that ever happens again, we'll be in isolation for the rest of our lives. Um. I don't got. I don't think there's anything else on the agenda to speak about, unless you got any closing stuff or anything else you want to chat about. Yeah, I think that was it. I'm just, you know, like I said, I'm excited now that um, Liga MX is kind of going to bridge this gap between end of the Prem, start of the Prem. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we get some concrete news about uh, the MLS plan going forward. Yeah, that would be um, that'd be nice to get in the next few weeks. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just, you know, next few weeks, just going to enjoy the Mexican league watch some basketball I'm, I'm hyped to watch the Lakers game tonight and just I, honestly all sports I'm just like please give it give me all of it <laughs> yeah that I, it's funny because I've haven't been super excited about baseball in the past but like since it's on TV I'm like you know maybe I'll watch it right I'll, yeah I'll, I'll get just, into you it you find yourself getting into random things now so yeah it's exciting having pretty much every sport back we'll see if the NFL doesn't but I doubt it I don't know. Yeah, I don't know yeah. what they're going to do. We'll see. Okay. Well, it was a first fun first chat. We'll have to do it again. We will do it again. Sorry. Um, if you're watching or listening, thanks for joining us. I'm Clark. And uh, this is Hector. I think we're going to sign off. Thanks for watching. See you guys.